0: Hello Sarah.
1: Hello Luke. How are
0: you? I'm doing
1: well. How are you? Yeah
0: I'm great. Oh my god I'm hungover. This is our (laughs) second attempt to get to this episode I think this week so Uh you know.
1: It's been it's been a rat race you know but (laughs) but you know is the burden of two people that (laughs) need to talk about music. I'm very excited about this episode actually. Oh me
0: too. Me too. It really
1: stays in the vein of the quintessential, you know, foundational music that really brought me to my now adult emo self.
0: And uh, hey, I'm Luke Fisher.
1: I am Sarah Marquis.
0: (laughs) And this is the His and Hers Playlist podcast. And so if people remember from last time, we... We talked about doing the MySpace generation, the MySpace, the top five MySpace songs. You remember that, Sarah?
1: Oh, I remember. I remember all too well. Even though, okay, (laughs) I, I have to start off this episode being quite honest. I never had a MySpace it's very um, true.
0: We, we we talked about that after we mentioned we were going to do the MySpace one, Yeah. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I never I never had a MySpace, but I was super active on friends' MySpaces. And obviously, you know, I was that friend that people would go to to be like, oh my gosh, I have this new page that I've decked out. What song should I put on it? So I'm familiar with that aspect of it. And... Pretty blown away by the amount of technological advance in teenagers at that time. The fact that they were able to like code different wallpapers onto this is pretty fascinating. Really? I don't remember
0: that at all. I remember MySpace being like, because I had a MySpace. So I am the elder statesman of his and hers. <laughs> I'm the oldest of this podcast and I had a MySpace. And MySpace was. Pretty easy. I mean, you always had Tom as your, like, top friend. Remember that shit? yeah. And he had, like, the most friends Tom. And then you could, like, choose who was in your top ten or top five friends. And I thought that was always, like, damn. Because you knew if, like, you dropped out of someone's top five friends... That was devastating. That was like a fucking... That was killer back in the day.
1: That's pretty savage. That's pretty like public outing of, you know, like you have to earn your keep on my top friends list. I I think maybe that's why I didn't have a MySpace, honestly, because I was a nervous kid and I feel like that would have just sent me over the edge that I was already looking out upon. You know what I mean? It just would have been too much for me.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it was really hard for me, too. It, It made me have like... Like I remember being in middle school and having a lot of anxiety about friends, and I still think I do. Friends yeah. are very like weird for me in the sense of like, you're not friends with me, you're family, yeah. or like you're nothing to me. <laughs> like I, yeah, I, we, I don't have like a a middle ground, and it, I think that's like weird. I don't know.
1: We, yeah, <laughs> but, we are we are two people that are very much ride or dies for our yeah, friends. We're selective, sure. um, which makes it all the much, you know, all the better because we have a group of friends that we actually enjoy being around and that we love. But at the same time, you know, we would go into battle (laughs) for them as well, which can be both positive and a little detrimental to the self sometimes, you know? (laughs) absolutely. So, as we
0: always do, our top fives of, of our certain topic. And so, I think we went with you last time, Sarah, right? So...
1: Yeah, so I think we should start with you this time.
0: So when you went on your MySpace page and when you went on a friend's MySpace, you saw first thing you could have a song play right away. And it was like, what was that song? So that'll be our number one was like the immediate song play. And then on MySpace, if you remember, you could have a, a mix. So like if people stayed on your page, they could another song would play. And so I guess we'll start with those. And So my first, well, number five on my list would be Everything Went Numb by Streetlight Manifesto. And yes, I am a ska kid. So people... (laughs) I've gathered. (laughs) Deal with it.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I love this
0: song. I think Streetlight Manifesto is one of those rare bands who could bring that like pop punk, you know, weird uh, ska mixed with sort of harder beats, but also just like really blasting and straight at you. But still talk about interesting and important things. And I thought Streetlight doesn't get enough attention or credit for their style of ska.
1: I would agree. I would agree. I really like this song. I like all of your songs, but I do love this song as well. Um, I think Streetlight Manifesto is kind of like that, like cool cousin that lives in LA when you live in, you know, nowhere South Dakota and they don't get enough credit for how cool they are. But then once you find them, you say, hello, what can you show me? What can you teach me? Um, What were you doing around this time that the song really spoke to you? What, what chord did it strike with you? What was I doing at this time when I was listening
0: to this song? So I was in a band called the get up kids with Josh Thorne and other people. Shout out to Josh. If he even listens to this. Um, And, yeah, that's sort of what I was doing. I was so, like, it's the MySpace time. I was in eighth grade, maybe, saw this freshman in high school. So, like, that's sort of when MySpace was big. Maybe even seventh grade. I remember playing, like, yeah, I remember playing, like, City of Heroes, that, like, online game while Uh being on MySpace a lot. And listening oh to these songs. So yeah, that was sort of like my You were on my the early sure.
1: MySpace days. I was on MySpace in like my junior high years, yeah. which would have been, Oh, if I was in junior high, you probably would have been out of high school by then at least, right?
0: Yeah. If you were in seventh grade, I was I was nineteen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So fresh yeah. out of high school. Wow. So we both had yeah. our MySpace moments in middle school.
0: Yeah, I was off all social media at that point. I was, like, such a little gutter punk when I was, like, 19. I didn't give a shit. I love
1: it. I love it. With your long, curly hair.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I was, like, planning to move to Humboldt and all that stuff. And so that was, like, a whole different time in my life. I loved it. It was a great time in my life. I remember being, like, really insecure. And so, like, this song, Everything Went Numb, is all about, like, silence after hearing like violence from parents or violence from society or things yeah. like that. And I always thought like, yeah, man, fuck. I, I feel that. <laughs> understand. <laughs> understand your pain. Like I lived, I was a suburban kid from Boulder, Colorado. Like I didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> but that was definitely one of those that I really wanted to like understand. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It quelled your your numbness to the to the violence of adolescence. Basically. Yeah.
0: Wow. What a line.
1: <laughs> Wicked. Love it.
0: So my next one, number four, would be The the Irrationality of Rationality by NoFX. And NoFX is War on Errorism. It was my first ever album I ever went out and bought myself.
1: Really? How old were you?
0: Had to be... So it's 2003 when it came out. So I had to be 15. 14? Wow. And I went to Hot Topic at the mall in Broomfield. That was, like, the town away from my town. Got driven there by my dad and got, like, No Effects, uh, War on Errorism. I think I got a Rancid's Out Come the Wolves. It was, like, the first time I picked records.
1: Cool. And That's awesome. Rather
0: than, like, given to you by your parents, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there's Like, there's a certain point where everyone goes out and, like, buys their their own. I I bought an ICP record I think too. Oh, and that was terrible.
1: That. No, terrible. But <laughs>
0: but like I I remember buying it because I I wanted it, it wasn't everything was good. I remember I really got into Goldfinger and I went into like a Sam Goody. Do you remember Sam Goody?
1: I don't think so. Oh my
0: god, it was like the CD store at the mall in Midwest towns. Oh. And it, Okay. It was ridiculous that I would go there all the time. It was wild. Anyway, yeah,
1: we had we had like an F Y E for your entertainment. Ooh, shit, yeah. I didn't
0: have those. Huge. I didn't have those. That's such a way doper name than that shit.
1: Yeah, isn't that cool? That's pretty. Whoa, fun.
0: that's fun. Yeah. Sam Goody was mine. That's not good. That's <laughs> not good at all. It's
1: not a competition, Luke. We both had u- I, different and unique experiences.
0: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Fat Mike. Was is still one of my heroes in the sense of like starting Fat Records and starting an independent label from a band that started in nineteen eighty eight, and we're playing pretty young people's music and they're like in their late fifties now. It's wild to see, or in the late forties maybe. Maybe they would hate me to say that, but like,
1: <laughs> you're outing. Yeah, them. I mean.
0: But, it, but they started Fat Records that moved to Anti Records that moved to Hellcat Records and all those punk guys with the Warp Tour stuff. I always looked up to them that like, yeah, you can start your own scene. And Fat Mike and those records are near and dear to my heart for that reason. Cool. For sure.
1: That's awesome. Of course, you would have a NoFX song on your list. <laughs> it rings yeah. true, people. it yeah, rings for true.
0: Sure. Next one. Next one's Thrice. I had to throw Thrice on. <laughs> I was going to go with like RX Bandits, their like ska band that they flipped that's just Thrice doing ska music. Okay. But I already had Streetlight on there, so I went with Thrice. The Artist artist in the Ambulance is the song, and it's, you know, just one of those super emo songs. I almost put a used song on there
1: wow yeah wow, we were really there. you were in it you were in the trenches picking yeah this i music. mean
0: story of the year was, it was too far i never really got into them but you know thrice was one of those bands that was like taking back sunday but a little harder mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so yeah. where it wasn't like yeah. too religious yeah. and it wasn't like too out there <laughs> in that sort of sense it was it was it still had its it's like ability to be melodic but also hard in its own way and yeah. exciting Gritty. and i think that yeah and that was always cool and i remember seeing them at uh i think it was like the gothic theater and uh such a cool name so not a very cool venue and they were just great i think they played with strung out and a couple other bands but it was really great and just a a good live band, and I remember being at that time where like EDM and rap was getting so big, and being like, I want an organic experience. That's why, <laughs> like, that's why, I like, <laughs> like when when it's played for me live and like with instruments, and it's fucking bullshit.
1: Yeah, I would say this out of all the five songs would be my favorite. Um, really, I I do. I really like it. I think. The lyrical content is really interesting against the graininess, like you said, of the recording. It's also pretty guitar driven. And, you know, I'm a sucker for anything really guitar driven. That's kind of where our our loves of music definitely cross. Um, For sure. So, yeah, like, thrice fans unite, honestly. Yeah,
0: thrice was great. Thrice was
1: great.
0: Thrice was that band that, like, you could play with your mom and she could still get down. (laughs) you know like
1: definitely it was a little bit more easy easy listening you know with the new metal and the grind core and the death core you know those have a time and a place you know when you're alone in your room with your headphones on you know being emo you know that's really the time and place for that but when you're around family or you know just need a little bit of softness I feel like that's really where thrice could play in what about your fourth song? All
0: oh, right, the fourth song, I threw in an Atmosphere song. Okay. An Atmosphere's God Loves Ugly. And I love this tune.
1: Yeah, this is a classic. This, this is yeah. a classic for sure. It's
0: classic Midwest rhyme sayers. They, it was just amazing art. I mean, God Loves Ugly is the greatest like first lines. I wear the scars like rings on a pimp. I live life. Like the captain of a sinking ship. It, it was one of those songs that made- Hip hop accessible to me and opened up my eyes to like Tupac, which I love Tupac actually from a pretty earlier age, but opened my eyes to more modern hip hop and and what lyrics could be and how you could intertwine more poetry than bragging
1: does that make any sense and like i
0: love little wayne but like atmosphere made me realize that that music was good Mm -hmm. does that make any sense yeah
1: it's a different kind of hip-hop it's just a different form of the traditional hip-hop of that era
0: but it made me realize that all hip-hop was a different art form like blues exactly like like all different guitar art forms all different guitar modes there's almost those modes for hip-hop Yeah. And like how you do it. And it made atmosphere was that band that made me love and appreciate what hip hop could be and what like sampling meant and how to craft a beat and how to understand how to craft a beat and and what you do and and how you do it matters and like style and style is so important with hip hop. And oh, that's yeah. fucking awesome. And, and it's context. Just
1: like, it's about context, too. It's about where yeah. is the hip hop from? Who are these artists that these hip hop artists were listening to? Where are the, Where's the influence? Where's the importance? You know, is it in the lyrics? Is it in the beat? Is it in the rhythm? Um, there's It's definitely a lot more segmented than I think people tend to give it credit for. So I think you're spot on with that.
0: Yeah, and and I think that, you know, Slug and uh, I think it's Blackhead or is it Ant, uh, his producer, they're just amazing. I mean, the the level of producing and the level of saying, hey, what you can do with just the will to want to do music is pretty fucking cool. Like... (laughs) uh overcast their first record i mean coming out of minneapolis Mm -hmm. doing what they did and then god loves ugly is that one album that for them broke through but also for me it was like oh yeah i mean there's there's people who don't i obviously don't view the world as this guy does (laughs) like but right but you can see the art form and you can see where he's coming from and it actually paints a picture of where you live. And it's and where you come from,
1: yeah. And it's empowering. Like the whole point of it is to empower, not to disenfranchise absolutely. or, you know, exploit. Which I which I really appreciate with Atmosphere, especially as you know a, a band of white guys doing hip hop influenced music. You know, yeah, that's something absolutely. that's super important.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's all about bringing people together and oh, understanding, sure. you know, what's going on in the world and how the world is reacting to your style of music and where the world is for you because the United States we always forget is one of the biggest countries in the world right and so it's, it's like huge. your region of the this country is a whole different vibe love passion art movement all those things and I think that's really really cool
1: yeah I agree good for a song Luke thank
0: you And then my last and final one is a Blink-182 song because they still have such a crazy influence on my life in such weird ways that band does because I grew up with that band, it felt like.
1: Oh, yeah. I think we Um, all did. I think we all grew up with Blink-182.
0: It's crazy. I mean, from the music videos, from everything. Mm -hmm. It was... I feel like whenever I hear those songs, anywhere. Like, I remember one time it was me, you, Lily at that weird dance club in Hollywood. (laughs) Do you remember this night?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was um, was at Broadner's Blue Monday. It was a Blue Blue Monday Monday night. Yes,
0: exactly. And they played... They played, you know, Blink-182 songs and everything, but it's like everyone knows those songs. Like, if it's from the marketing, because it's not the playing, it's not the greatest artistic playing in the world, but it's... Blinkwood 82 just has magic to them. And they could write hits for the time, especially from Enema of the State to Take Off Your Pants and Jacket to, I mean, those two records and then to the self-titled, which has, you know, all the slower songs and different Mm -hmm. things like that. But those two albums, and I pick the Blinkwood 82 song that I love the most. And I think it's like my breakup song of all time. And it's just like the one I still Listen to When I'm Sad, yeah. which is like the saddest thing in the world. But, but it's, it's the, the online songs where it's, Josie, you're my source of most frustration. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the great. I mean, it's it just like Blink-182's ability to mix lyricism and production and... Chord progression is, yeah, like you said, magic. It's something about them. They, and I feel like even their happy songs are a little sad, which definitely, like, I feel like bands like, you know, modern pop bands today, like the 1975, right? For example, like, I feel like that really opened a door up for, you know, modern pop artists right now to be able to have kind of like this sad thread throughout all of their music. So even if you're dancing along to a happy sounding song, you know, the lyrics might be a little darker than you originally thought. Oh, which I think is super cool.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I, I just love, but you said it right. They're a pop band. Yeah. They're the, it's pop music for sure delivered in a way that is slightly aggressive and slightly sad. Yeah. But it's still all in a minor. Like, I'm still all in a major most of the time. And so it's like, you can sing back their guitar lines just as much as you can sing back their lyrics.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's
0: like... When I don't mean expectations, everything you wish came through. It's it's like and that's the guitar line. Mm-hmm. Dee, dee dee we all blamed you even though we say all night it was the only one, two, three, four, bam yeah
1: it's
0: and it's a formula. Yeah. And you know it's gonna happen every single time, but you fucking love it.
1: Well their guitar their guitar is a just basically another vocal line it's just another vocal line added to it you know totally. the, at least the 100%. lead guitar rather oh than the God. rhythm you know Tom
0: DeLonge's yeah for sure it's just oh as important God. oh for sure and tom DeLong is one of those amazing players even in his angels and airways stuff which i don't like mm-hmm. as much yeah i'm not I, a huge I, well, fan. I'm the, I just don't ever turn it on. It's not that I don't ever hate it. I actually, whenever I hear it, I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty good. That's cool. (laughs) But I never, I've never put it on. I've never like, I don't think I've ever gone out and been like, I'm going to listen to an Angels and Airwaves song right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, mean, shout out to those who have, who have that like compulsion, you know, like we love the Angels and Airwaves fans. Wow, for sure. But yeah, I would agree. I'm the same way. I don't, I don't necessarily click it on the queue first.
0: I would nerd the fuck out if I was in a room <laughs> with Tom DeLonge.
1: Okay. No matter if I like if I got
0: invited to an Angels and Airwaves show, I'd be there in a heartbeat. That would be so fucking cool. Like yeah,
1: I, I'm not killer. saying
0: anything negative about it. It's just yeah, they were such a generation for me. I mean, nineteen ninety nine, Enemo of the State, two thousand one, I think, uh, Take Off Your Pants, and then two thousand six is I think two thousand five, two thousand six, self titled Genius. All of them. Yeah. And so they're just like generational for me. So that was like I think that was my song on MySpace. I tried to go find my old MySpace because I never deleted it, but I didn't know if MySpace like had it anymore. Uh-huh. Uh I don't think it's there. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So that was my my top five. Wow. It was that is the years of angst. Yeah. And heartache and understanding and trying to like boost my ego while just keeping my feet on the ground yeah I think those were those songs for me and like trying to think like I understood the world and realizing you don't understand shit yeah
1: yeah isn't that always the case even as you get older you know a couple years down the line you look back and you say fuck I didn't know anything
0: (laughs) Yeah, right? Like you know nothing at all. No. And you're like, okay, wow, my music sort of explained that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I thought that was I thought that was a great top five, Luke. Hands hands Thank for you. Luke.
0: Thank you. I'm excited <laughs> to hear about yours.
1: Yes. Okay. So should we dive in? Yes, please.
0: Okay. Go, 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 go. So
1: my th- I would say the first song that anyone would hear if I had a MySpace or around that era. Would be When It Rains by Paramore. This was released in 2007. It's pretty like emo pop, like power pop oh, song. This song is
0: so awesome. It's
1: so good. It's off of Riot. And I know for the people listening that know how much I love Paramore, that I didn't put Misery Business on here. It's because I was very anti norm. At that time, so anyone's yeah. favorite song, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna find an another song on the album to make it my favorite." <laughs> of course. Oh, you and know? Paramore
0: was just amazing, especially Huge this song. Huge
1: band. They I mean, they so just so good. I don't know a single person, no matter what, like where they're from, what their creed is, who doesn't rock out to paramore specifically this album people love this album there's something in those lines there's something in the harmony and something in you know the angel that is Haley williams's voice that i think just can permeate everybody's spirit which you know as the longevity of their career has stood i think that's pretty evident um so yeah, I would say when it rains would have to be my first. It's a little bit slower. It's your not fifth
0: as... or your first? Are we going? Are we going forward or backwards?
1: Well, my first song that I'm presenting.
0: Ah, first song, so number five. Yeah,
1: so number five. Okay, yes. so number five would be when it rains, it. Paramore. I love it. Um, I think the first the first time I saw Paramore was at Warp Tour in two thousand. My what? first Warp Tour. In 2007 And I was blown away I was I had I remember having this Like come to Jesus moment Listening to her um, Just sing in general And Oh, her God, with right? the with the band, um, so powerful, so powerful, and she's so small. She, I think she stands like five foot two, maybe on a Holy good crap. day.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so I was, and you know, I, for everyone listening, I am too. You know, a little height challenged fun sized if you will and so for (laughs) me for me that was a big deal it was like there's this woman in this on this stage with a rotation of really manly men right like really buff muscle teed tattooed guys with piercings you know coming on with her band of guys singing her face off and everyone is like yeah. moshing and having fun and joyous. And um, I think it really broke the mold for power pop. I think she's still just as influential today. The the whole band. Um, 100%. Paramore. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think
0: you're 100% right. I think that the effect that Paramore had, especially in that scene. Oh, my God. With like Newfound Glory, mm-hmm. Simple Plan, Sum mm-hmm. 41. All those sort of MTV-powered pop punk yeah, that was fueled by the band we just talked about, Blink-182. I mean, Blink-182 set the standard. And then these amazing bands like Paramore and amazing bands like New Found Glory. I mean, Sticks and Stones, what? Still one of the best records. And so... And that's a Newfound Glory. But like I remember when they would team up and do like the cover albums.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you remember those? Oh, Pop and Goes Punk? Would... Yeah. Yes, of dude. course. Of
0: course. Uh, oh my
1: god.
0: Yes. I can't believe you remember that shit. Oh
1: yeah. I still listen to the like um Cover by Hanley of "Lollipop" by Lil Wayne. Sometimes, what? yeah, oh, sick. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty <laughs> so good. They're pretty good. They're pretty good albums. At least for people who really enjoyed their time at Warp Tour between the years of like 2005 to 2008, um, which is pretty niche. But I belong to that tribe, I guess.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I was at. That was my high school years. My last Warp Tour I ever went to was 2005. wow Wow. yeah that was my last work you cut out pretty
1: early huh what well no well
0: that's not true i worked a couple in southern california in like 2015 14 got it so but i was volunteering and shit so there were there was it was when i first moved to la and i was trying to like get gigs and do that whole shenanigans That was my year. How old were you in 2007?
1: In 2007. So the way that it worked with my schooling is I start, I was the first generation of the new millennium. So I graduated 12th grade in 2012. So in 2007 or 2000, yeah, 2007, I was in seventh grade, which would have meant that I was probably like 13, 14, maybe.
0: I was 18.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You were 18. I was 18,
0: 19 Mm -hmm. in 2007. Okay.
1: Which is so wild. I like still forget that we have such an age disparity. But... Totally, but
0: it only matters then.
1: Yeah, it only matters. You know, then, like exactly. once you <laughs> once you
0: pass twenty one to any of our younger listeners out there. Yeah. Really, it doesn't matter after that. No. Because it like, I mean, from twenty to forty, yeah, but like from thirty to forty, no. Not so much. From 27 to 40? No, not so much. Yeah. I mean, you, you relate a lot in the same ways. But yeah, I mean, I couldn't handle. I remember when I was like 25 and I was dating a 21-year-old at the time. <laughs> and uh, Oops. <laughs> yeah, and I remember being at a house party and being like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. I'm done. <laughs> this is the this is the last house party I'm ever fucking no more going to parties. like I can't do this unless it's like a dinner party. I'm too old. I'm like the creepy guy in the corner. Anyway, yeah. we're way off topic. Of yeah. Let's get back to- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay, so moving on to number 2. Moving on to number 2. It's going to be a quick change up. It's going to be Love Lockdown by Kanye West. Or I guess Number four is going to be a quick change up. Uh, Love Lockdown by Kanye West. This came out in 2008. This is on 808s and Heartbreaks, which is my personal favorite out of all of sounds Kanye Sounds so West. good. Yeah. Ah,
0: that record sounds so good.
1: It's so good. And I honestly do think I will I'll step off of a ledge and say that this is probably the most underrated album Of Kanye West's I think not a lot of people pay attention to it because of the media that surrounded this album you know this was the album he made right after his mom died and uh you can really hear it obviously within the within the music that's on this record but particularly this single Love Lockdown is so powerful I was I started listening to it again in preparation of this podcast and I can't believe the production value on the right? song and the and the the drumming and the and the lyricism that he has in this and it's so su- it's super simple.
0: The distortion and saturation on his voice, yeah, that he cuts in and out on this song is yep. so creative. It's so like why, creative. whoa,
1: yeah. How does anyone even process like the way that he views the world, regardless of any any social standing Kanye yeah. West might have. The way he sees the world and the colors that he that he views it in is yeah. magic to me. It's super totally. fascinating to me. And oh it will always God. be fascinating to me. Yeah, how someone absolutely. could organically understand that distortion and saturation and sampling and doing weird kind of like mashups of genres within his own vein of existence is, I think that's really fucking cool. I think his music is so cool. You know,
0: this is a hard one for me, Sarah. Kanye West is one of those, like separate the art from the artist for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like exactly. I have a really, really hard time because of the things he says mm-hmm. and the, the, and, and not to say that like a lot of the things he says are true. I just don't like anybody pushing anything on anyone. Yeah. And we can all have a conversation no matter what. But I think everybody has a fair shake and you shouldn't just push things on them. So his political views and his things and his interviews that I have have seen him in, he frustrates me a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's like really, really hard for me. But then when you listen to his music, especially this, I haven't listened to this album in years. And when you played it for me, I listened to the whole record again. And it's... Madness! It is madness! It's pretty it is—it right? is unbelievable! It's probably one of the most creative albums of the 21st century.
1: I agree. Hands up. I agree. Hands up.
0: Of the last 20 years, he is above and beyond, creatively, artistically, in his genre, a genius.
1: Absolutely, Absolutely. and people should
0: say that about him.
1: And this song was everywhere. In 2008. The song was on every radio station. It was on everyone's profile. People were, you know, putting out away messages with lyrics of this. Like, I distinctly remember people having, you know, lyrics to this song on their away messages and their aim. And, uh, yeah, I think. Oh,
0: my God. Away messages and ringtones? Yeah. Are you bringing that shit back up? Oh, my God. Of course.
1: Of course. We're in the times. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, um, yeah. So I would say this has to be has to be there. I think this was definitely one of the quintessential um kind of gateway songs, slash albums for me uh, yeah. towards hip hop that I was even unaware that it would be until I was much older. Um, but it did really break a lot of barriers,
0: yeah, it's so amazing because in two thousand nine to two thousand end of two thousand ten almost two thousand eleven. I was in a bubble. I was playing music in a band called The Digger Trend, so I missed this album entirely. Like we, uh, that band had a relentless practice schedule. We we practiced every night. We'd all get done at Snarf Sandwiches, and we'd all drive to our practice space and play every night.
1: Wow! And so,
0: like, I don't remember. It's seriously like, I, I no live almost every single night, and so I don't ever remember hearing this record really until i got to recording school in mm-hmm. 2015 mm-hmm. and then i all my professors were like what the fuck you have not heard this record <laughs> you haven't heard like you're an engineer Me. and you have not heard this fucking wreck yeah you yeah you were also one of those people yeah you're like you're an engineer and you haven't heard this record you moron <laughs> like <laughs> Come on, like, hear this record. It's amazing. And so, where were you when you listened to this song? Like, where were Uh, you in 2008?
1: Where was I? I was in junior high. I was like tapering off of doing sports at the time and really digging into music full time. Um, I think that's when I kind of started garnering a little bit more. Um, you know, attention for it and started, you know, performing locally, like at little coffee shops or like little sandwich shops or, you know, at the school pop show. Um, and I remember this song being one of those songs that I would listen to on repeat on the bus ride home every day from choir practice. Hell yeah. Yeah. And just for some reason, it would be that song. And, uh, Yeah, it really stuck with me. And, you know, obviously it has a lot of meaning to him as well. So, you know, and you can feel that. You can feel that in the production. You can feel that in the swell of this song. You can feel it in the rhythm. You can feel it in the cadence and in the chord progression as distorted and altered as it might be. So, yeah, it really it struck a chord in me that that I would later on find out was a catalyst for a lot more discovery.
0: Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Next.
1: Next is going to be The Danger of Starting a Fire by A Day to Remember, Ooh, also in Oh Man, this was
0: heavy. This
1: is heavy, and I think a lot of people are going to be shocked that I listened to this. I almost put a Suicide Silence song on here.
0: Dude, I almost put a Fear Before the March of Flames song on yeah, here, too, so like, I feel you. I
1: was real close to that, and then I was like, oh, I don't know. That's a lot to handle, Um. But this really was my starting off, like jumping off point for metal. My love of metal, my understanding of metal, um, which has has grown significantly over the past couple of years, actually. Kind of like retroactively, in fact, uh, my analysis of it. But um, I remember I heard this Song or this band, A Day to Remember, in the Katie Mills Mall, Outlet Mall parking lot in 2007 during Warp Tour, my first Warp Tour. And I was. I love it. Blown away. I had I didn't move. I was sweating. It was Texas summer, so it was probably like 101 degrees in a parking lot with concrete. (laughs) I'm sunburnt. I'm in you know some kind of like skinny jean bang situation. Of course you are. (laughs) Yeah. You know. And I just thought that the guitar um, was was almost more important than his vocals. I really loved this album, Uh, you know, for those who have heart. This was a huge album. This was everywhere on MySpace. This was everywhere online. This song was all of the alt kids kind of like gathering song. If you played this out in the open, like you would find at least five other friends that had side bangs and like wore those weird like jelly bracelets. (laughs) You know what I mean? You would. <laughs> totally, absolutely. Totally. And, or, or, and, you know, this was a super big. Totally. Yeah. Like this was a huge moment for me because then I was exposed to, you know, asking Alexandria and mm. Bring Me the Horizon, which is still my one of my favorite bands of all time. We'll totally. have to do an episode just about Bring Me because <laughs> I have a lot to say. But A Day to Remember is, you know, it's the quintessential kind of like metalcore, pop punk, easycore core kind of like mashup right because there's some melodic parts that you can follow along really easy too and then you have kind of like the screaming the wailing there's not too much guttural screaming which is nice you know not too many like pig squeals or um harsher vibes that's why they kind of call it easy core shout out to eric my friend (laughs) who taught me about easy core there you go um but, yeah, I think this song... Eric's the is, best, by the way. Eric is the best. Shout out to you. Um, I... Yeah, this song was just everywhere. And I remember um, tapering off of swimming. I did swimming for years. And I would listen to this album and Crisis by Alexis on Fire, which we'll talk about in just a second, um, as my warm-up. So when we'd have to be Hell in the yeah. pool, like, head under by 6 a.m., You know, this was the music that I was listening to. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I had to get my BPM up. I had to get my heart rate up. So, this was the music to really do that. But it does it in a way that's super focused. And I, I truly believe that metal music is honestly one of the more popular genres of music that is closest to classical in its construction and and its form and oh and
0: its virtue and its virtuoso-ness mm-hmm. right like yeah. the way that they are just extreme specialists and extreme picking and extreme time signatures for sure yeah I 100% agree yeah they
1: they have movements the song have the songs have you know movements within the song itself like rather than you know verse chorus verse chorus it's you know you have a legato section you have a rallentando section you have you know big words yeah you have you know it's i just i really love this song i think anybody who was ever like a pop punk like warp tour kid you know would would know exactly what they were listening to the minute that this song drops absolutely
0: um, but you yeah, it was a good it. segue you mentioned your next band i did just a second ago i did and let's move into that one
1: okay so the next song is gonna be this could be anywhere in the world by Alexis on fire um if any of the listeners remember the first episode our last episode yeah i mentioned dallas green um, City in oh, totally. Color. So, this is his uh, precursor. This is how I found out about Dallas Screen was oh, through yeah, Alexis on Fire. And you can cool. hear him in the melodic lines of the song. Like, they have a screamer and they have a singer, and he's the singer of the band. Um, yeah,
0: you can definitely tell. Now that you say that, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, Totally understand.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I was like, who is this guy? Like, how does he have this range? Like, how is he singing on this, like, gritty, like, alt-Canadian band? Like, I don't even know how. I t- it, This is one of these bands that I r- truly have no idea how I found them. It had <laughs> to have been somewhere on the internet or on someone's MySpace or do like early, early, early years of YouTube when it was super glitchy and like had to load really slow because everyone was on yeah. the computer at the same time. When <laughs> <Or laughs> someone
0: gets on the phone and kicks you off.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this album, Crisis, is so good. This really put Alexis on Fire on the map. Um, I love
0: the album cover too.
1: It's super cool, right? And yeah. this would this would probably be considered like a post-hardcore. So it's not... It's not super super heavy Um, it has a lot of metal elements but I think it's a little bit more melodic which I appreciated and still do at this time Um, oh yeah yeah and you know the the city this city is run by ghosts you know this is every kid's you know dream song when they're tired of mom and dad they're tired of going to school they're tired of you know answering to their coaches or their voice teachers and they just want to go you know run away for a little bit you know I'd have these exploratory adventures where I lived right next to a bayou in a suburb of houston and i would just leave my house and like go on runs and just go sit and feel and this this song in particular was one of those that i really really felt a connection with um it was super special to me so i had to put this song on here just for you know to nerd out on.
0: (laughs) absolutely all right and the final
1: and the finals. Okay, so this is a whole new, a whole new vibe. This is gonna be "Drop the World" by Lil Wayne featuring Eminem.
0: Yeah, dude, yeah. I heard this one and I was like,
1: I forgot about it. It's so sick. This song, this song is, is so dope. It's epic. It's this song is a literal masterpiece, in my opinion. Yeah, this came totally. out on the Rebirth album, two thousand eight, um, and it really. This song wasn't in my, you know, top five MySpace era songs at the time. But this song represents my becoming friends with a lot of older people at that time. So like 2008, going into 2009, I had friends who had older siblings that were in high school already. And I've always been someone who's kind of, um, you know congregated with older individuals than yeah. I was um who knows sure. why probably just because they looked really we tall to me we wanted to
0: feel older yeah we, we wanted, wanted to feel, feel older and
1: we did feel older and now
0: that we're older we don't want to feel <laughs> yeah older. exactly
1: exactly and um yeah i remember i do have a little anecdote so this song was was when i started hanging out with the older kids and one of my friends one of my good friends at the time in like 8th or ninth grade uh, brought me over to her house one day, and her older sister uh, gave me a hit of weed for the first time Ooh, ever.
0: That's a pinnacle experience. It in was life. a
1: huge experience, and um, I didn't think it would be. And we, I remember. Um, you know, I I had my first dose of the of the medicine uh, as you yeah. will. And I remember driving to our local <laughs> <medicine>. s- Yeah. <laughs> driving to our local Sonic on Mason Road in Katy, Ooh. Texas, and bl- she was blasting this song. I was in the back of her old pickup truck with my two other friends that were in 8th grade as well. And I remember just being high for the first time and having so much fun and hearing this song. And it was, it really was a turning point for my social life in high school, being able to have that. Um, relationship with older kids, being able to communicate better, yeah. um, being able to learn from them because I was an only child. So I didn't have mm. the older sibling experience. So this song, like as epic as it is, and it has two giants on it, Lil Wayne and Eminem, yep. like come especially on. Especially in
0: their field. Jesus. Especially in their field,
1: especially, their field, especially you know? at this time.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. You know what
1: I mean? This song Easy. was everywhere. And, and this is the kind of song that if, we were out at a bar, you and I, and you said, Sarah, go pick the music. If I put this song on, people would go ape shit. Yeah, People would totally. go ham to this. You know what I mean? It's a
0: banger, for sure. It's a
1: banger. It still is a banger. And it's something that kind of slowly, quietly exited out of the mainstream field of consciousness with music. But I think this is one of those songs that could get anyone hype, anyone down at any time. You
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for and that's real. what it
1: did for me. And, you know, it's not like weed rules my life, but as a as an adolescent, you know, we're all seeking for that escape. And the first time you do something that, especially at that time, was so you know, looked down upon and, you oh, know, taboo by, and forbidden. Yeah, and now it's like
0: drinking a cup of coffee.
1: Yeah, exactly, but at the time was like, you know, doing the D.A.R.E. programs and there was <laughs> yeah, still uh, like this reefer madness started by the, ro- like, the, by the Reagan era, you know, so it was just like, Oh,
0: way before the Reagan we, era, but yeah. way be-
1: Well, way before, <laughs> but like, emphasized, <laughs> yeah, re-emphasized as well, the, yeah, war and on and drugs, the war on then.
0: drugs. in the 90s and then yeah. and, and the three strikes are out rolled. Exactly. We're not a political podcast but yes we're
1: not exactly no we're not but I'm just to give context like it was still not a very
0: okay thing to do
1: and so whenever you know you're a kid and you have your first sip of beer at a friend's basement party (laughs) or something it's a big moment it's a it's a formative moment in your individuality and so that's what this song represents is my kind of one of the first steps for me of of really cracking the mold open and finding my own individuality and identity
0: God, what a great list, Sarah.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's unreal. It it's took so me a good. while. It took me a good minute to put this one together. Me too. I mean, that's so. why I
0: love that we do this every two weeks. So yeah. I have like time to think about this stuff. Yeah, it's um, a lot. We're not going to announce a topic this week, guys. It's going to be a mystery. We'll announce it on our socials. Again, Does you can follow you? us at his and hers playlist podcast on Instagram. I am at filetofisher underscore in two of those we'll figure that out
1: <laughs> yeah and we'll,
0: we'll post it on our socials
1: and i met Sarah Sita with three a's and an s where the c should be um yeah nice. his at his and hers playlist pod instagram go ahead and check us out we're going to be posting some really interesting uh throwback pictures today on on it so if you want to see that content let us know and um, definitely
0: check out our Patreon, which is coming soon Absolutely. and uh, like anything, please.
1: yeah, feel free to share. feel free to feel free to share with anybody and keep your ears and eyes peeled next episode coming soon.
0: Absolutely. can't wait.
1: All right, we're signing off, guys.
0: Bye guys.
1: Bye.